have a Bible, I want to invite you to go with me to two parts of Scripture this morning. We're going to begin in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. And then we're going to go over to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. So that's Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. We're talking about tasting the grapes. And this morning I want to share with you one of the essential keys to being able to possess the promised land in your life, to be able to enjoy the goodness of God's provisions for your life. We find it here in these two passages of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, and then Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 through 21. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen for you in a moment, or you can look for it on your digital device. But I want you to give your attention to the word this morning because I think God wants to teach you something that can lead to great blessing. It reads, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death and blessing and cursing. So choose life in order that you and your descendants may live. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding fast to Him. For this is your life, and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your father, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Now Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 through 21. It reads, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Father, we thank you this morning for the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. We thank you now for the word of God, which is able to satisfy the soul. And I pray now that you would anoint my lips of clay, to preach and to teach the word of God. And I ask that you would anoint this congregation that as we hear the word together, we might put it to work in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak this morning about the power of your words. There is a weapon that every single one of us has that has enormous spiritual power. And that weapon is our mouth. I want you to realize that the nation of Israel, that generation that came out of Egypt, that generation that died in the desert without being able to taste the grapes, missed the promised land because of their words. They were a people who were unable to unite their speech with what God had promised. And as a result, the calamity that came upon them was death and the uh, isolation from the promised land. They were a people that believed an evil report. Out of their mouth came constant complaints and denials of the power of God. You and I cannot be such a people if we want to possess the promises of God in our life. And so I want you to be aware this morning that your words have so much power 
that they can either help you to taste the grapes or they can keep you far away from the grapes. Your words can either bring you into the promised land or keep you out of the promised land. Now the Bible teaches us that we are creatures of the word. Say that with me, creatures of the word. You know that you and I were created by the word of God. In fact, everything that was created was created by the word of God. What was made was not made by the hand of God, but by the words of God. And so we are creatures of the word. That's why our spirit man can only be nourished by the word of God. Because that is what created us. That is what made us. And in the same way that we are creatures of the word, so also our words have the power to create a good environment or they have the power to create a negative environment. You know that there are some people that bring joy into a room when they walk in and there are some people that bring joy into a room when they walk out. All right, this is not an altar call. I'm just telling you how it is. Some people have words that edify, that build, that encourage, that strengthen. Others have words that condemn that discourage and that set you apart. Now there's not a whole lot that you can do about the words of other people, but you can do something about your words because your words are creating your life. The Bible said that God called Israel to account and he said to them, I have set before you today a choice, life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. This morning God has set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. In fact, every single day you have a choice to make. Am I going to walk in life or am I going to walk in death? Am I going to speak blessings or am I going to speak curses? Now I want you to notice the difference here. What is a curse? A curse is a spoken declaration that is intended to deny you success in any area of life. And so we understand that when God spoke a curse over the world and over the earth, that thorns and thistles became the common result of the earth. And in the same way, you and I live under the curse of sin because of Adam. And then the nation of Israel lived under the curse of the law because of the law of Moses. That curse pre prevented them from success in the areas of their life. You and I were born under that bondage and under that yoke. But then God sent us Jesus. Say amen, somebody. And Jesus came to bring a new covenant. And that new covenant is a covenant of blessing. So that you and I no longer live under the curse, but we now live under the blessing of God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Now the blessing is also a declaration, but the blessing is a declaration intended to display the favor of God over your life and a declaration which releases you to succeed in every area that you set your heart and mind to obey God. And so because the blessing of God is on your life, that means that you and I can succeed in this Christian walk and that you and I can succeed in this life until Jesus comes. 
And because we're living under the blessing of God, we're living under the words of God's blessing. When I became uh, the pastor of this church almost uh, seven years ago, now six and a half or so, the Lord told me, Isaac, at the end of every service, I want you to bless my people. I want you to speak blessing over them. I want you to declare prophetically that I am smiling over them, that they are blessed when they go in and they are blessed when they come out. And that is why we practice the blessing every Sunday in this church and every Wednesday. I'll ask you to raise your hands because that re represents the fact that you are receiving the blessing of God. And I will speak over you the words of the Old Testament priests. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then I will begin to pray as the Lord leads. And, and often I will declare what God has spoken in his word. That you are the head and not the tail. That you go above and not beneath. And that you will succeed in every place that you go. And God says... That when we speak that blessing over a congregation, he says, I will do it. And how many of you can bear witness that God has blessed your life? How many of you know that God is blessing your life? So don't ever leave church without the blessing, all right? Because the blessing of God is not just uh, a, a, a wonderful, nice saying. But it actually has prophetic power. To release into your life the presence and power of God and his promises to be fulfilled in your life. Listen to what the Bible says about the power of our words. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 18. It says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Notice that. Your words and my words have two things that are possible. They're potential. Number one, our words can cut or our words can heal. He says our words that are careless can be like a sword that pierces. Or our words can be a healing medicine to somebody else. And I know this morning that we have all experienced both sides of this word, haven't we? We've all had words spoken over us that cut us. Some of you are still walking around today with spoken words over your life that wounded you. Maybe somebody spoke over you when you were a child. Maybe when you were growing up, your father said, you are stupid. You're never going to amount to anything. You're always going to be uh, at the back of the line. And those words have become a definition for your life. Or maybe you had the advantage that I had. And growing up, and my mother would bless us every morning before we went to school. And she would lay hands on us and bless us in the name of the Lord. And so every day of my life, I walked knowing that I walked under the blessing of God. Your words have that kind of power. They can either destroy or they can build. And I guarantee you that your words and my words today are either building something or they are destroying something. And that's why this, this teaching is so important for the body of Christ this morning. Because if your words are creating damage or hindrance for somebody else, God wants you to change your words so that you can begin to do what he does and build into the lives of people with the word of God. Proverbs chapter 21 
verse 23. It says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. Listen, when you and I don't speak more than we need to, we're not just saving words. We're actually guarding our soul. You know, somebody has said, I don't know how they did this, but they counted how many words we speak. They say that men speak about 30,000 words a day. And women speak about 50,000 words a day. I don't know where all these words come from. But you know, the Bible said that he who guards his words, his mouth, is protecting his soul. You say, how is that, Pastor? I thought it was what people told me that affected my soul. No, Jesus said this. He said, it's not what comes into a man that contaminates him. It's what comes out of the man that contaminates him. You see, the words that come out of you are actually affecting your soul. And so if they're words of blessing, if they're words of hope, if they're the words of God, your soul is going to prosper according to that word. But if they're words of despair and words of hopelessness, words of shame and words of guilt, they're going to bring destruction to your soul. And then the psalmist says this. He says, I will set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips so that I do not sin against you. You see, Many times, we don't sin against God with our actions. We sin against God with our words. And the Bible tells us this in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, that every idle word will be answered for in the judgment. When we stand before God, we're going to answer for our words. I'm glad it doesn't say we're going to answer for our thoughts, all right? Because every, every single one of us has experienced some thoughts that were not very good. Now, this is not an altar call, right? I'm just telling you how it is. But listen, a thought that comes to your mind but doesn't come out of your mouth dies unborn. And you don't have to worry about that thought. It doesn't, it doesn't have any fruit in your life. But when you speak that thought, when you speak those words, you are creating your very own life. You are creating your very own future. And so be very careful because he says by your words you will be con condemned or by your words you will be acquitted. It's going to be our words that produce the life that we live. You know, many people go into divorce because of words. They haven't been able to change the way they speak to each other. And the end result is divorce. Many parents have lost relationships with their children because of words. Because they have not been able to honor and respect one another. And to give each other the words and the ability to build one another up. Many churches have been divided because of words. Because there have been things spoken that have created rifts and divisions among the people of God. But not so with us, church. If you and I want to taste the grapes, our words need to be words of life. They need to be words of hope. They need to be the words of the living God. Because those words are able to build and to edify the world around us. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of James about the power of the tongue. It says that the tongue is a very small instrument. It's a small member of your body. Most of us, you know, our tongue is, is smaller than our head, right? But yet our tongue can control the whole man. And so J the, the, James says that our, our tongue needs a bridle 
that little piece of metal that you put in a horse's mouth can control the whole horse. And so we need to say, Lord, put a bridle over my mouth. Because if I can control my mouth, my whole body is under control. It's getting real quiet in here. And nobody wants to speak any words now. And then the Bible says that our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Imagine a mighty cruise ship, a great vessel that can carry hundreds of people, and yet it is moved by a simple rudder. Listen, every single day you have the choice of where that rudder is going to go today. And when you wake up and you start speaking over your life, you start speaking things that are good and things that are godly, and the rudder of your boat is going to go toward those things. Listen, don't wake up in the morning and say, oh my goodness, it's Monday again. Here I go to this same old job. I hate this job. I hate this car. I hate this house. No, you need to get up and set the rudder of your tongue toward the blessing of God. And you need to know, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And I will be glad in it. And nothing that comes against me will be able to rob me of the promised land that God has for my life. Come on, somebody. You've got to set the rudder of your mouth to go in the direction of the goodness and the blessing of God. Say amen. Now, the Bible says this about the tongue in the book of James also. It says that like a spark that can set a whole forest on fire, so your tongue can set ablaze the fires of hell. Ooh-wee. Say, that's hot, Pastor. You've seen it, haven't you? One spark can burn down a whole forest. Listen, it takes a long time to grow a forest. It takes a long time to grow trees. And there are a lot of things in your life that have taken a long time to build. Relationships take time to build. Marriages take time to build. Relationships with children take time to build. Churches take time to build. And one word can tear it all down. So you've got to put a guard over your mouth so that those words are not sparks that set ablaze the fires of hell. And I know we've all been there. I know we've all been there. We've all said something. And the moment it was out of our mouth, we said, uh-oh. Why did I say that? And you can't take it back. And that spark can destroy many things in your life. But see, what I want you to see this morning is not so much the negative part of your words, but I want you to realize that if your words can have such a negative and disastrous effect, they can also have a very powerful and blessed effect in your life and in the lives of people in, around you in the life of your family. So th there's a saying we have that's um, a little crude, but it says we're going to eat our words. Or you're going to eat your words. You ever used that phrase? Well, this phrase actually comes out of this proverb that we read this morning. Look at what the proverb says. It says, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Listen, if you are, if you are tasting bitterness in your life, it's probably because there are bitter words coming out of your life. You see, you're going to eat what you put out with your words. So when you speak blessing, you can expect to be filled on blessing. 
When you speak cursing, you can expect to be filled on cursing. So God says, I set before you life and death. Where is this power of life and death? You might say, well, it's with God or it's with the devil. No, God has put that power in your mouth. He says, I have given to you the power of life and death. So what are you going to choose? I said, what are you going to choose? How do you choose life? You choose life by aligning your words with the word of God. You choose life by speaking those words that will be a seed of blessing in your life and in the lives of other people. Listen, if you go in your Bible, please, to Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. I want you to see how Jesus tells you to handle the problems that come into your life. Now, he never said you wouldn't have any problems. He never said you wouldn't have any challenges. But I want you to see with your own eyes what Mark eleven twenty three says. Because this is the secret for how to enjoy the grapes in your life. And he says when you come up against a challenge or a problem, here's what you're going to do. He says, truly, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Now listen. Jesus here calls your problem a mountain. What does he call your problem? What are you supposed to do to mountains? Speak to the mountain. Listen, he doesn't tell you to drill a hole through the mountain, to dig a tunnel, to climb the mountain. What does he say do? Speak to the mountain. Now listen, everyone has that choice. When you and I come up against a challenge in our life, and we will, we have to decide I am going to speak to that mountain because God has given me spiritual authority. I am a child of God, indwelled by the Spirit of God. There is prophetic power in my mouth, and I can speak to that problem and command it to leave and to be moved out of the way. Come on, somebody. That is the authority that you have. Now, Jesus isn't talking about moving the Rockies from the west to the East Coast. He's not talking about that. He's talking about you addressing the challenges that are going on in your life. Listen, here's what happens sometimes. A mountain appears in our life, and we go talk to everybody but the mountain. We go and talk to everybody about how, how big the mountain is and how bad the problem is. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. And this will probably be the last time. And I'm probably going to fail at this. And while you're speaking to everybody else, that mountain is persisting in your life. And many of you have just gotten comfortable with the mountain. You built a little cabin right near your mountain. God said, speak to it. If there's lack in your life, speak to it. Whatever that need is, God has already given you the authority and faith, the Bible says, that faith speaks. For you see, we have a spirit of faith. And Paul said, because we believe, so we spoke. So listen, if your faith is for death and negativity, you're going to speak death and negativity. But if your faith is for life, you're going to speak life. And you're going to speak hope. And you're going to speak joy. And you're going to speak into those mountains that are in your life and watch them move and dissipate before you as a child of God. So I want to just encourage you this morning to learn how to make a biblical 
proclamation, to make a declaration of God's word over your life, and to do it every single day, and to do it specifically about these mountains that come into your life. Now, sometimes uh, we hear some people who teach a doctrine which I call name it and claim it, all right? And uh, these people, you know, they see a car that, that you just bought, your brand new car, and they go lay their hands on it, and they say, Lord, I claim this car in the name of Jesus. Look, buddy, you ain't getting that car unless you steal it because it's not your car, all right? You can't claim something that God hasn't given you. You can only claim what God has spoken. And when you align your word with what God has spoken, now you can begin to make a biblical declaration over your life. And when your mouth is filled with the word of God, now the word of God is supercharged and is able to bring into your life those things which God has promised to you. Listen, the Bible said that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. That means that when you and I make a confession, when we make a declaration, Jesus is the one seeing to it that you and I get what we have spoken. Listen, you can't get saved unless you confess Jesus as Lord. Because with the mouth, you declare that Jesus is Lord and God brings salvation to your life. And so in the same way that you are saved by your words, so you are delivered from the mountains in your life by your words, by the things that you have spoken. So what do I do, Pastor Isaac? Here's what I want you to do. Every time you come up against a problem in your life, find a Bible verse that applies to that problem. Go to the Word of God and see what does God say about this situation in my life. And then start declaring that word over your life. Start declaring the truth of God over your life. And listen, even if at the moment you don't have a whole lot of faith for that word, you just keep saying that word and keep repeating it in your heart, in your mind, because the word will produce faith. The word will create faith in your life. And it will destroy the unbelief that the enemy wants to bring into your heart. So if you're sick, Find that passage of scripture that says that he sent his word and he healed their diseases. And you start declaring, I am not going to be sick because God has sent his word to heal my diseases. Listen, you need to learn how to lay hands on yourself. Say amen, somebody. Sometimes there are no elders around. Sometimes the pastor isn't around. Sometimes you don't have any anointing oil. Sometimes all you have is the word of God in your mouth. Guess what? That's worth more than all the elders and all the pastors and all the oil in the world. Come on, somebody. Because the word of God in your mouth is power. So take the word of God and begin to declare it. Declare it out loud. Say out loud. Declare it clearly. Say clearly. Listen, don't mumble when you talk the word. No, you declare boldly. You declare, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, for this is the inheritance of the children of God. You say, Pastor, how many times do I have to say it? Seven times? Do I need to stand on my head? No. All you have to do is believe it when you say it, and that mountain is going to be moved in your life. God is going to bring deliverance to your life. 
And he's going to bring the help that you need. Now, don't worry about how he's going to do it. Don't try to give God a prescription on how to do it. You leave that to God. All you need to do is agree with God. I said agree with God. You see, prayer is not about getting God to agree with you. Prayer is about getting you to agree with God. And when you start declaring the word of God over your life, and you start praying those scriptures over your life, you're going to see them manifesting in your life. Now listen, most of the time if I ask people, what, what verse are you believing for right now before we pray? They don't know. And if you don't know, you can't have it. Listen, if you don't know, you can't have it. When you read your Bible, I want you to read it like this. If your great-grandfather left you an inheritance, and in that inheritance, that inheritance was recorded in a will, would you read the will? Would you read the will? If the lawyer called you and said, hey, I'm going to have a reading of the will, would you go? Why? Because there's something in there for me. Well, guess what? That's how I read the Bible. When I sit down and read the Bible, I'm reading God's last will and testament over my life. And everything he said I can have, I can have if I will believe him. If I will trust him and I'll fill my mouth with his word. So why do you speak it out loud? Why do you speak it clearly? So that you are hearing the word of God. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. And then you do this in faith. Do it in complete assurance that God keeps his word. Let me ask you a question. Very honest question. Don't answer too quickly. But answer honestly. Do you believe that God keeps his word? All right. Now some of you didn't say amen. So that's where you got to start. You got to start right there with activating your faith toward the fact that God keeps his word. You see, because anyone that's going to receive anything from God must first believe that God is God and that he keeps his word and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So is there anybody in here that believes that God keeps his word? Now, see, here's where we run into problems sometimes. People will come to me and say, Pastor, I want you to pray so that I'll be healed. All right, we're going to pray. I'm going to lay hands on you. But really what they're saying is, Pastor, I don't have any faith, so I want you to use your faith to get me healed. Come on. You've got to activate your faith. The Bible said where two or three come into agreement. If you want me to pray for you, you want the elders to pray for you, but you're not agreeing that God can do it. You're going to walk around saying God doesn't keep his word. That's a lie from hell. God keeps his word. But you have to believe God's word. And you have to believe God. So I want you to say this with me this morning. I believe God. Say it again. I believe God. Say it again. I believe God. Listen, someday the devil's going to come around and say, you're going to die of cancer. You tell him, no, devil, I believe God. And the devil's going to come and tell you, you're going bankrupt. You tell him, no, devil, I believe God. The devil's going to tell you, you're going to lose your sons and your daughters. You tell him, no, devil, I believe God. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. I take God at his word. And I speak his word over my life. So you say it out loud. You say it clearly, you say it in faith, and then you start giving God glory. You start praising God like it's already done. 
Come on, that means that if payday's on Friday, you start worshiping him on Monday. Come on, somebody. Don't wait till you get your miracle. Start glorifying God now. I said start glorifying God now. You start saying, God, I thank you because I am healed. I am provided for. My needs are met. Every desire of my heart is going to be met. Come on, somebody. You start to glorify God. And you know that confuses the devil because he thinks, wait a minute. I just gave him bad news. I just gave her bad news. But you start glorifying God and the enemy loses his control over your life. Tell your neighbor, give God the glory. Look, I don't care what your situation is right now. You give God the glory. Listen, it doesn't matter how you feel right now. Give God the glory. And while you give God the glory, God is going to manifest his glory in your life. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to make some declarations over our life. We're going to agree with the word of God. And so I want to lead you in a biblical declaration this morning. And if you've never done this before, I want you to do it. And then I want you to practice it every day of your life. Every day of your life. I said every day of your life. You see, you have to have, last week we talked about a faith walk. You also have to have a faith talk. Now, faith is not just on Sundays when you're enthusiastic and encouraged. It's on Tuesday night when things aren't going right. But you need to continue to speak what God has promised over your life and to agree with the word of God. So I want you to stand with me, please. First of all, anyone in here that needs health, or healing in your body, I want you to come to the altar right now. Don't think twice about it. You know who you are. Anybody at all that needs health or healing in your body, elders, would you come with me, please? Just come stand across this altar, please. And the elders are going to come in just a moment. Thank you, sir. Health and healing in your body. Do you believe God? You know, I really think everybody should be up here because even if you're healthy, you still want more health, don't you? All right, here's the next group. If you say, Pastor, I need financial breakthrough in my life, would you come? Just come stand in this altar. If you say, Pastor, I need a financial breakthrough in my life, my finances need to change. I need God to shift some things around. You know that your words can shift the atmosphere? Your words can shift the atmosphere. If you ever walk into your house and there's a little bit of a demonic atmosphere in there, start talking. Start blessing God. Your words will shift the atmosphere. Third group of people, anybody that says, Pastor, there are some things I'm believing God for that I want to receive in my life. I want you to come into this altar. We're going to make this declaration with you also. Anything at all that you say, I want and need from God. Listen, God is not just in the need meeting business. God is in the desire meeting business. 
If all we can ever believe for is for God to meet our needs, he will. But there's a whole other level where God says, I will give you the desires of your heart. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to declare these things out loud, clearly, and in faith. And then we're going to give God glory. All right? Do you know how to do that? You say, Pastor, I didn't grow up Pentecostal. I don't know about all that. Just open your mouth and start praising God when I give you that instruction. All right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands. First, the group that needs healing this morning. I want you to say this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you in faith. I believe your word concerning my health and my healing. The Bible says that you sent your word and you healed all of their diseases. The Bible says that by your stripes I am healed. I believe your word because it speaks abundance of health and healing to those who call upon the Lord. I will have health and healing in my body, in my soul, and in my mind. I will have long and good life. And all the days of my life will be lived for the God of glory. I will not die, but I will live and I will declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. All right, now the financial breakthrough. Say this with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with your word that all of my needs will be met and that you are able to bring financial deliverance to my life. Today, I declare that my losses have ended and that the year of self-effort is over and God's time has begun. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. My children are blessed. And my product is blessed. I will be blessed in my finances. My pantry will be full. I will be blessed going in. And I will be blessed going out. The Lord will cause me to abound in prosperity. And the Lord will open the good storehouse and give me rain in due season. He will bless the work of my hands and I will lend to many nations and I will borrow no more. Now everybody say this with me. I will no longer weep about the things of my past. I am a new creature. Today is a new day for me, for my children, for my family. Nothing that belongs to me as an heir of Christ can be denied to me. God is God. God is my father. I am his child. I have the mind of Christ. I walk in the favor of God. And the rest of this year will be a year of blessing. I have divine revelation. I have the supernatural power of God. My mouth is full of the word of God.
and every good thing that God has promised to me will come according to his will and I will bless him until it arrives. Now glorify the name of the Lord in his house. Come on, bless his name. Start to declare the goodness of God. Start to declare health in your body, health in your mind, strength for your family, deliverance for your soul. Bless the Lord.